Hello guys and welcome to episode 4 of the official AFC Porchester podcast. My name is James McIntosh and today we've got an absolute treat for you today. I'm joined by none other than new Porchy sign, Ryan Woodford. Ryan, how are you doing today, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, how are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm doing great, mate. Absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. But first question's got to be, how are you finding world life in Porchy? Yeah, um... Um, obviously, I've known about the team for a while and the direction, like the club. That way, since I've been there, really, I know quite a few of the lads already. Um, spoke to the manager before, but yeah, I'm just really enjoying it, taking it for what it is, and yeah, just happy to be there, really. Well, I think we should start from the start of your career. How did you really get into football originally? Um, start with really like, like most people um, when I was younger my dad uh, played probably I was probably too young to remember him playing properly but uh, then he went into management just a local team really um, and I just over time and um, I'd be there with a the football like as long as I had a ball I was happy and um, he used to take me to all his matches and then he actually ended up doing the youth team which again local team um, he he done our side, so um, yeah, that's how I got into it. Really, just through my dad. To be honest, he was kind of the biggest influence. Well, I think you joined Eastleigh, um, the academy at Eastleigh at a young age. Can you tell me a bit about that? Uh, no, I didn't go to Eastleigh. So, um, I started out uh, just played for a local side uh, where I grew up. Um, I played there until I was about eleven. And then I signed for Portsmouth, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Well, um, I think Portsmouth, they would have been a Premier League club at the time, wouldn't they? Yeah, so the, the, the whole time I was there, they were. So, um, yeah, yeah, they, I was there for since I was 11 until the age of 17. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, full experience, yeah. They were, they were in the Premier League. It was nice being around that, but it made it that more tougher to get in the side sort of thing, so... Yeah. Well, I was just going to build up upon that. How did you actually get into academy football? Because a couple of my guests, they started out like with non-league teams. So how do you actually get into an academy? Is it like a different process or just... Any- um, yeah, um, there was... It's kind of like called a development centre that, that was running on the Isle of Wight, where I'm from. Um, and I was going there for a few years and kind of ended up doing OK, as it were. So, um, yeah, I just got uh, asked to go for a trial. Um, and, yeah, it was quite a long process, actually. I was on trial for quite a while, but in the end, uh, ended up signing. And then that was it then, really. I was at Portsmouth till I was 17. Well, you mentioned you lived on the Isle of Wight. Did you have to make, like, the travel every day then to their training pitch? Or did you do something on the Isle of Wight to help with it? Uh, yeah, it's very similar to what I do now in terms of travel, so... We would train two nights a week um, and I would leave school and obviously commute over and train. Um, feels like I've been doing it my whole life, which I have really. Um, but yeah, it started there really, to be honest. Um, commuting and then obviously we would play on a Sunday morning. Um, and then when I got off of my scholarship, I actually went over to live in Portsmouth in Diggs for, for um, two years. So... Yeah, that was different as well. Like I enjoyed that as well. But 
yeah, I love living where I am, to be honest. I've got two young kids now, so um, it's a nice place for them to grow up, and I enjoy watching them play now. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't really want to be anywhere else. So, was football always kind of your main priority? Did you always want a job in football, or did you mainly like want to do something part-time? Or did you always just want to focus on going full-time in football? Yeah, to be fair, I was like uh, most lads that get into football, to be fair. Um, I was no good at school. Like, <laughs> not I, I wasn't misbehaved, but I just didn't... Yeah, I just... I, I had this vision that I wanted to play football, and... Um, at the time, yeah, I didn't want to do anything else. I never really like. I'll always encourage my kids now, like, to try a bit harder than I did. But um, yeah, I was just adamant I was going to play football. So, uh, and that was it. And my last year at school, I obviously had a scholarship offer um, from Portsmouth. So um, I kind of knew I'd be going into that. Um, which, yeah, I should have done a lot better academically. But uh, that's the way it was. I just had a clear vision of what I wanted to do, really. And then also, like we previously mentioned, Pompey, they were in a Premier League um, academy at the time. So did this reflect their academy status as well? So were you playing higher academy teams as well? Yeah, to be fair, so when I when I first joined, we were like a centre of excellence, as it were. Um, and the year on my scholarship, the club then uh, transitioned into an academy. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, it was cool. So... Before, we would play the likes of like EFL teams like Wickham or um, Cheltenham, a lot of teams like that. But then uh, once we went to academy, you'd then, like you say, play other Premier League academies. And um, yeah, so that was good. Like, it was a good experience. I enjoyed that. So would you say it was Pompey that really helped establish you into the player you are today? Like helped to establish you into the midfielder? Um, to be fair... I don't know it's difficult I always think academy football is brilliant in terms of like your development as a player but um, I would say men's football and the standard we play now and the standard I've played in non-league is I think you really grasp the game a bit more when you when you go into men's football you know um, yeah. academy football all looks very nice and stuff but earlier you can get yourself into men's football and get that experience of of what football's actually like, you know. Um, Because academy games you play and it's all about development, but results are are a little bit irrelevant. Um, But as soon as you kind of delve yourself into men's football, like you're playing to win and stuff. So um, I think the earlier you can do that, like it's definitely better, to be honest. Well, you did play your fair share of the under-18 games at Pompey, but did you ever like kind of feel you wanted a bigger challenge? So maybe a loan move, or did this kind of spark your way out of Pompey? Yeah, to be fair, I, I never, I never went out on loan. Um, in all fairness, I did have a bad injury, um, which kept me out the majority of my first year, my scholarship. Um, but yeah, loans were never really put on the table for me, to be honest. Um, I was just sitting around the club trying to do as well as I could, um, but yeah, I just it wasn't really on the cards for me. Like I, I wouldn't be against it, you know. I just wanted to play, play football, and um, but in the end, yeah, it didn't quite work out, which it doesn't for a lot of people, you know. Um, it's really, really tough to be a professional footballer. Um, I understand that, and um, but yeah, I don't regret anything. I wouldn't do anything any different, you know. Um, I've loved playing non-league since I was 
since I left Portsmouth, you know, and I do still do now. So, yeah, no regrets, really. Well, I think you did get to quite a good standard with Pompey. Like, I think you even got a shirt number, 48, was it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I did get a first-team shirt number, but um, I'll be perfectly honest, it didn't make me any closer to, to making the first-team squad. I think it was just... Uh, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a difficult time to break into the first team because obviously they were playing in Europe then, and um, there was a you know Portsmouth were, were still are obviously a big club, but in terms of where they were playing football, you know they were playing the likes of AC Milan and stuff. So to be perfectly honest, I never felt I was that close to the first team squad. Um, but yeah, to have a shirt number is nice, but ultimately in the end, it didn't really mean anything to be honest. And then also, like you said, you did eventually leave Portsmouth. But when you were leaving Pompey, did you have like any backup plans? Because I know a lot of youngsters these days, they've got no plans at all and just find it so hard getting rejected. So was this a similar situation for you? Yeah, no, it's a good point, to be honest. And like, I would encourage anyone else to... Um, it's very easy like when you're in that environment to get caught up and think, this, I'm going to do this, but... Yeah, one of my biggest regrets was I was so tunnel vision, I wanted to be a footballer. Um, I probably didn't do as much as I should have, like, in terms of when that rejection comes. And, and um, yeah, I didn't really, you know, have anything else to fall back on. I always thought I was still going to play football. I had a few trials when I left Portsmouth. Um, I went up to Doncaster for a few weeks. Uh, they were in the championship then, and that was a good experience. But, again... I still felt that I could, you know, do football as a career. Um, but, yeah, looking back now, I was probably a little bit naive and I would encourage, like, anyone that's young in the game in that sort of uh, full-time football to really uh, do a little bit more, you know, it won't be natural, but do a little bit more in case things don't work out because there is a lot that, that doesn't work out, you know, so... So do you think the academy system kind of needs a lot more work done to it? Because even these days... I'm not sure if you've watched it, but Crystal Palace, they've recently done a documentary about the academy system. And basically, in my opinion, it's just broken, really. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I, you know, hindsight's a funny thing, isn't it? And I think as you get older, um, you wish you knew then what you know now, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's funny, because I always think, if somebody would have said what I'm saying now to me, then would I have listened? I think I was so set out on what I was going to do but no I definitely agree it's something that looks to you know needs to be looked at heavily because um you know a lot of the time that's what I like about the Crystal Palace program a lot of the time especially with social media and everything now you hear all the good things and the people that make it but ultimately in the end there's there's thousands that don't as well so um I think they need to be looked after as well so yeah so in a weird way, do you think you could kind of like maybe help younger players? Because I know Harrison Brook, he was a former academy player at Portsmouth. And yeah. I know he's obviously come to Portchester. So do you think maybe in the future, perhaps, we'll touch on this a bit later as well. But do you think yeah. you can kind of give these younger players that have dropped down maybe a boost? Because you've been in that similar situation. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, you know, I'd, I'd speak to anyone that would like to listen, really. Um yeah, you can help him because I look at Harrison now and is he 19, 20? He's probably, uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, he's still got so much of his career ahead of him and 
one thing I have learned through non-league as well is, you know, players can still get where they want to be going through the non-league ladder, you know, um, and you can get back to where you want to go. You know, you get released and it is a setback. But at the same time, I've known a lot of players through the years that have gone back into league football and, you know, and, and also like people can have good non-league careers as well. Right. You know, I know, I know who have done really well at non-league football. Um, yeah, it's just about like keeping your confidence, you know, and that's the thing about football. It's all opinions, you know, um, someone might not like you and someone might have a decision to say, we're not signing you, but it doesn't mean that's everybody else's opinion, you know, so yeah. yeah, my advice would just be, you know, stick at it and it is difficult not to lose heart with it sometimes, but yeah, just stick at it. The most important thing is to be playing all the time um, and enjoy it. Play somewhere where you're enjoying it, you're playing and then I think the rest will kind of take care of itself. Well, speaking of non-league great footballers, I think you're a great example of a non-league great footballer. And your first stint in non-league was at Haven and Waterloo. And can you tell me a bit about your first stint and how that came up? Yeah, so like I say, I trialled at a few clubs uh, when I left Portsmouth. Um, and then it came about, I got a phone call from Haven. Um, they wanted me to go training. Um, so I went training with Haven, obviously went well. Um, and they were in the conference south at the time and yeah I was 17 went there kind of open minded really um, yeah did well and it all sort of started from there really um, I got managed to get myself in the team quite young um, played a lot in my first season felt like I'd done okay like did well but um, yeah I think I was kind of a little bit naive to the standard of non-league at that point like I was young I'd come out of academy football and kind of thought like I should be doing well here like I should be doing okay but when I look back on it now it was quite young to be playing in that side but um yeah that's how it all come about really the first spell um and yeah I, I, I was there for years in the end so well, 17, yeah. it's really young. That's literally um, a year older than me. It's just crazy yeah. to think you were playing at such a high level at such a young age. But, like, non-league is such a hard standard of football. How did you cope, like, going from academy football to men's football? Because surely it must be a lot more aggressive. Yeah, and that's like I said earlier, I, I think it's important to go and experience men's football as early as you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's like, you know, it's... It's um, what do I say? Like you're being chucked in at the deep end. Mm. There's some best way, you know, sink or swim. Um, and I loved it. Like I've always loved that side of the game. To be fair, the physical side of it, it's not something like I mind getting involved in. Like I don't mind that. And I felt like that just got better as I joined men's football. Um, because you're going up against grown men. You know, they yeah. they they, they want to. They want to wrestle you. They want to beat you up. Like I don't. I don't mind that side of things. I've always enjoyed that. So um, yeah, I think it's important to do that as young as you can. And um, yeah, I just enjoyed it. To be fair, I, I kind of relished it. And then also, when playing for non-league, you're not really just playing for yourself either. You're playing for the whole team. Like I know a lot of non-league footballers say you're also playing for people, like just to get a bit of extra money, so that extra win bonus, and that can pay for things like holidays, extra food, or stuff like that. So, did you realise the importance of it at first? Or yeah, no, of course. Like everyone does it for different reasons, you know. Um, 
whether that's money or the standard you want to play or but that's what you come up against you know that there might be you might come up against a, a grown man that is playing that level because he has to do that to pay his bills completely you know and that's what you're up against like they're going to want to win and do what they can to win so yeah you do realise the importance of it pretty quickly and a lot of players play for different reasons you know and that's not right or wrong um, and, and that's it really yeah and then also another big factor that you haven't really played before this time was fans. Like you were playing in front of no fans to a lot more fans. So how was this like transforming really? Yeah, I loved it. Like I love that side of things. Like when you grow up and you play football, you don't you don't dream of playing um, for an old man. His dog watching. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like in front of fans and have a little bit of atmosphere and. And that's like that was the best thing. That was actually now you say that one of the best things when I started playing men's football. Haven't like non-league. I mean, we would probably get six hundred people, but to me, like you say, from going from academy to playing in an open field with with no people um, to an atmosphere, you know, with with people there was um, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that, and I still love that now. You know, even if you go to away games and you've got opposite fans like Hurler and Abuse at you like that's good it's all, it all adds to it you know that's what you want because um, it's difficult to create an atmosphere when you're not playing in front of anyone or um, so yeah I've always enjoyed that side of it and then also you mentioned about the opposing fans like how did you get used to that because I know some players they kind of like getting the abuse because it kind of motivates them was this a similar case with you or yeah definitely I always think if they're hurling abuse at you nine times out of ten, like it's a good thing, you know, that they recognise you and they recognise that they might not like the way you're playing, tackling, or or doing something. You know, if they if they leave you alone nine times out of ten, that's because I always think if they're hurling abuse at you, you're, you're doing all right, kind of thing. So yeah. yeah, I've always enjoyed that kind of side of things, like um, the interaction with like opposite fans, like a bit of banter here and there, like. Yeah, I think that's what it's all about. And that's what I like about non-league. You know, you go to games and you get that little bit closer. Fans and players can be that little bit closer, you know. Like, you can have a beer in the bar after or something, you know. And, and um, I always like that side of it. Because you know what it's like. You go to a Premier League game and you watch the game and then you're off home. You, you don't get anywhere near to, to what you get in non-league. So, in that sense, yeah, I think it's a good thing. And then you did mention about the fans, how you get like a connection with the fans as well. Was this important for you? Like, this, surely this must have been a massive positive compared to playing for Pompey, getting to know the fans. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, like it's always nice when when people people like you or think you're a good player or think you deserve to be in the team. You know, um, yeah, it's not the be or end all, but it's always obviously nice to be liked. You know, wherever you are, you want people to think you're a good player and. Um, yeah, it is important because first of all, like you want to do well for yourself, but then it's you also want to do well for the team and the fans and the club. And if you buy into all that, it ends up being good, you know. And then yeah, you got this praise from playing lots of games because I think in your first season you played sixteen games, or quite a lot of games for um your standard. Like as soon as you were just coming in, pretty much. And surely it must have been hard to sustain this fitness. Yeah, to be fair, it's different because you go from training every day. Um, 
but yeah, to be fair, early on in my career, I, I did struggle with injuries. I had a couple of uh, bad injuries, um, which is why I should have probably played a lot more in my first season. Um, and like you say, when you're younger, you're a little bit inconsistent as well. You know, sometimes it's it's not something you find till later in your career. You you know, to have a young player that's consistent is like gold dust, really. Um, but yeah, I always felt like I should have played a little bit more early in my career because I had a few bad injuries. But that's that's how it is. You know, I've been lucky enough for quite a few years now. Touch wood, I haven't had many bad ones since then. So yeah, it's all part and parcel of it, really. Well, I was reading a report, and I think one of your worst ones was at Maidenhead. Like, you got knocked down, and I think you were out for a couple of games, like, towards the end of the season, and you were still yeah. young as well. So how did this, like, affect yeah. you, like, your mental and physical health? Yeah, to be fair, it was disappointing, because I felt like I was doing well, and I was in the team and playing, um, and it was actually my back. Um, I had a real bad back injury. I just had a joint that just kept popping in and out. Um and yeah, ultimately in the end, I just had to rest that for which meant you know I missed um, missed a chunk of the season, missed the rest of the season really, which was frustrating. But I think you kind of get to understand that like that's football, you know, it's, it's um you know it's just the way it goes, luck of the draw really. You can't people will always be injured, people won't, you know, that's just part of football. But also in a weird sort of way. Does it more affect your mental health? Because I know one injury, that can just mess up the whole of your career. I mean, look at Aaron Ramsey. I think he broke his leg. And after yeah. that injury, just never the same player, really. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I think... Um, yeah, it does. Like, people... You know, it's difficult. Um, when people come back, you know, they, they sometimes don't feel the same. And it can be a lonely place, you know, especially... You know, I haven't. For me, it was a bit different because I was working and still doing my day-to-day life. But I think when you're a professional footballer, um, all the other lads go out and train, and you're stuck in a gym, and it can be quite. You know, you stop your own thoughts, and but yeah, you know, you you, you just got to kind of take it for what it is, and and never get too high, never get too low. Really, just kind of take it for what it is, and take it in your stride, and and do your best to to get back to where you want to be, you know? Yeah, and despite getting these injuries, your form was incredible at your age as well. And I think, was it your second season that happened as well? You got awarded the captaincy? Um, I can't think of it. I don't think it was the second, but um, I was a captain reasonably young. Yeah. Um, but that's another thing. Like, captaincy doesn't really... Um, I try and play the same way regardless of whether we're on captain or not, you know, um, I think it's just an armband, to be honest. Um, obviously, it's nice, but, yeah, I think you can you can still be a positive influence whether you've got an armband or not, you know. Um, like, like I said, it's, it's a nice thing to have, but, um, yeah, again, it's not the be-all end-all, really. And then, overall, looking at your first stint at having, would you say it was definitely the right move? Um, yeah, I loved it, to be fair. Um, like I said, and I'll said loads earlier um playing men's football so young is 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 definitely a positive um and my first spell yeah I, I must admit i loved it i loved playing for having the whole time i was there to be honest um you know the fans are great um it's a good club they've gone in a different direction now but 
yeah, all the time I was there, I, I really enjoyed my football at Haven. Well, to be fair, I cannot wait to talk about your second stint at Haven because we have got a great story ahead of us. But can we talk a bit about Gosport as well next as well? Your stint at Gosport. So how did that come on the cards? Um, to be fair, again, it was very similar to like Porchester now. Um, I, I knew quite a few of the lads at Gosport um, and I was good friends with them and... It was a. It was so towards the end of my first spell. What happened? I kind of felt I was. I was in and out of the team. I wasn't starting every week, um, and I think I was 25 at the time. I kind of thought to myself, "I'm 25 now. I kind of want to be playing every single week, and um, yeah, I need to be playing most games." So, kind of came to the decision at the end of the season that I was going to leave Haven and. Um, Gosport was a good fit for me, really. They, they were in um, the same league. Um, it was very similar travel-wise. You know, they were local again, and I knew a lot of the players, so it all kind of just fell into place, really. So, did you mainly join Gosport for the game time? Yeah, yeah, that was that was the, the thought behind my decision, really. Um, yeah, just wanted to play every week and and somewhere where I was enjoying it. Not that I wasn't enjoying it, but obviously when you're not playing as a footballer, you, you're, never, you're never best pleased. So, um, yeah, it was really the main reason was for playing time. And, and I was very lucky when I went there for that season. I did play kind of 95% of the games for Gosport. So, in the end, it ended up being the right move. And then, like you said, you played pretty much every game. You kind of rekindled your form a bit. And this form, it pretty much led to you rejoining Haven. Yeah, yeah. So, um, at the time, I, I, I played... Um, it was the same manager at Haven, Lee Bradbury. Um, and I had a good season at Gosport, to be fair. I played, not like I said, 95% of the games. Um, Gosport were kind of having slight money trouble in terms of um, and they were kind of going in a direction that it's it's funny how it worked because haven't got relegated um, from the league we were in that season Um, but I just felt like um, I could go back to haven't still play the same amount of games like have, have good game time and although they'd gone a league below like it was a, it was an unbelievable side that they had there that, at the time, and the players that were being brought in, and and the project of it all really just just made me go back, and um, yeah, it all worked out all right in the end. To be fair, so you must have been quite excited when joining Haven again. You must have like had quite warm arms opening to you, kind of to the deal. Like you already knew some of the fans, and I'm guessing you already knew some of the players as well. So was it quite easy rejoining again? Yeah, no, definitely. It was yeah, it was pretty seamless to be honest. There was still quite a few of the lads from from when I played uh, previously, um, and some of the new players that were even signed, um, like Rory Williams, who I played with for years. He he left Gosport as well and and signed at the same time. Um, a lot of local lads I knew, Jason Pryor, like I'd played against them with before. So all the team. Yeah, and it was yeah, like like you say, I knew all the fans and the club already, so um, yeah, it was pretty seamless for me to go back there. Really, well, it was a fantastic team, haven't? 
And it pretty much was obviously going to result in promotion with your first season. But surely it must have still been great to get promoted with Haven't as well. Like, yeah, that first season. Yeah, that first season was um, incredible. To be fair, um, I think it was it was nice the sense that, like you say, I think we were expected to go up. Um, but I think that comes with more added pressure. To be honest, mm, um, yeah. we had the sort of team that people expected us to win the league and. When you win it, it was incredible. Like it was the first league I'd ever won, and it's almost like more relief than it was anything yeah. else. To be honest, because we were expected to win it, but it did go down to the final day, um, and that was tense. But yeah, it was just relief. And one thing I will say is that team we had was just like incredible to play, and the lads were unbelievable. Um, we just had a really good dressing room, and I think that helped us have the success we had to be fair well actually speaking about that how important is chemistry within the team like I know some players like they say you must have a good team morale and I think that's probably one of the reasons why Arsenal's doing so well at the moment in the table because I'm not sure if you've seen the new documentary about Arsenal all or nothing but the way Mikel Arteta's changed the room it's completely changed the team as well so how important would you say chemistry is within the team most important thing I think um, I've learned kind of as I've got older that yeah having a togetherness and a team spirit um, is the most important thing to be honest um, and I've been lucky enough to play in, in teams like that like towards the back end of my career um, and I've played in teams that haven't had that and I realise now I'm a little bit older and and managed to win a few things and not win things, like how important that is. And I must admit, like, we definitely had that. And the teams are like, I can see that at Porchester as well, to be fair. There's like, the lads are like great, to be fair. They're different class. Like, they've they got a real good togetherness. And I just hope I can come in and kind of slot into that. Um, but yeah, it's huge. I think any team that wins something, um, is always together you know that you don't do it unless you're all kind of singing singing from the same hymn sheet to be honest well after you did get that first initial promotion was the next objective immediately to get like promoted again or was it more just to sustain kind of a good level um yeah to be fair we would we just kind of picked up where we left off to be honest um winning games it wasn't we never really spoke about a target to be fair at the beginning of the season um, we obviously know like it's a difficult level. I'd played in that league for quite a few years, and um, yeah, it's tough. But we kind of started where we left off. Um, I think we brought in one player that season, and and it was a striker, and that's that was the only addition we had to the squad. And we kind of just carried on with that togetherness. Won a lot of games, like, and we found ourselves at Christmas um, near the top of the table. And the turn of the year, we just carried on, really, just kept winning games. And and obviously, we were confident because we'd gone a couple of seasons then without losing many games. So, it just kind of carried on, to be honest. And then you find yourself with three, four games to go in with a chance. like, And, uh, yeah, we've managed to do it in the end. Well, to be fair, the only way I could really describe that season was as a fairy tale, kind of. It was just, it almost seemed perfect, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you kind of don't. Um, now I look back at it, I think, you know, it, it, it was it was good. It was so good. But 
when you're in that moment, you don't kind of look at it in that sense. You're just concentrating on uh, winning games and you're too involved in it, to be honest. But, um, yeah, obviously, to, to win any any league is difficult, you know. Like, no matter what standard you play, whether that's Sunday League or Premier League, it's difficult to win any leagues because you've got to win a lot of games of football. Um, but, yeah, we just, like I said before, kind of carried on from where we left off. We were confident and together and just kept winning games of football, yeah. And ultimately, in the end, it led to us winning the league again. Well, I think it was the last two matches of the season. You know when you beat East Furuk? or Is it East Furuk? That is must be one of the craziest moments because I think you won yeah. 6-1 or something. Yeah, to be fair, even to this day, like it's one of the craziest games I've played in. So we we that was our game in hand over Dartford, yeah. who were at the top. Um, and we we were we were three points behind, but we were like three four goal difference behind. Mm. Um, and I remember it being a tight game. It was a midweek game and. It was one all at half time, and you're thinking in your head like, "We just need to nick it, just need to win the game." Yeah. Um, and then we got two one ahead, and then three one ahead, and like the last ten minutes, we got three more goals, ended up winning six one. Yeah. It was a bit of a whirlwind, really. Like the atmosphere that night was like, yeah, it was still to this day. Um, when I look back at it, one of the best games I've ever played in. Yeah, it was. It was wicked. And then surely the post-match reactions must have been fantastic as well, because you actually knew at this point you could win the league. It was in your hands. Yeah, to be fair, we'd gone top that night. But again, it was one of those things where, like, yeah, it was it was really good. But then we knew Saturday, if we didn't win, you know, we could ultimately it wouldn't mean anything anyway, you know. So we were happy at the time. Like it was nice to win that game six-one and get ourselves to the top, but. At the end of the day, if we didn't win it on the final day, we, we wouldn't be going up anyway. So it's kind of enjoy it and then just kind of focus on that Saturday to come, yeah. And then Concord Rangers, I think that must be surely one of the biggest days of the club's history, really. And then you were playing in the match. So how important was it? Like, did you have to do any, like, extra training for that day or something? No, to be fair, it was, um, we had uh, East Forest on the Tuesday and then I think we would have trained on the Thursday as normal. Um, and then it was very much just what we had done all season, really. Just um, try not to to think about what can happen after the game too much. Just kind of try and do what we've been doing all season and um, just try and go and win the game. And, and we knew if we won, we'd have won the league and we were promoted, you know. But obviously it started so well, the game, we, we were... We went ahead early and then we were 2 0 up at half time, and it felt like, um, yeah, we were cruising really. Yeah. And it was all, you could kind of enjoy it a little bit, but then footballs like that changed quick. Like it went 2 1, then we were 2 all with literally stoppage time to go. <laughs> feel like this is it, like we've blown it. Um, but yeah, what happened after <laughs> that, like in the last minute, was just, uh, yeah, it was incredible. Like it was. Probably not at the time, like it's, it's horrible, <laughs> but if you're going to do it, it's probably the best way to get promoted, like with a last minute winner. So it all worked out good, yeah. Well, I was in the crowd at the time, so all um, the Hawks fans were just bricking it, I think. Were you the same? Yeah. Were you kind of bricking it as well, or were you yeah, kind of keeping it calm? Yeah, to be honest. Um, I think we missed a chance, like. Yeah, um, oh, who was it? 
I think it was Collins, was it? He hit over the crossbar. Yeah, I think no, I think it was James Hayter. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. Had a header that just and he just missed a chance, and I thought, to be honest, I can't lie. Like I was thinking on the pitch, like we've blown it. Like, yeah, this is it. yeah. Um, but yeah, that it, luckily we got one more chance, took it, and then it was just scenes. It was yeah, <laughs> it was. And then pretty much as soon as the goal went in, it must have been a couple of extra minutes. I think a couple of extra minutes added time. Yeah. And then it just yeah. went full, pretty much craziness. All the fans yeah. pitch invaded. Yeah, just a pitch invasion. Just um, yeah, yeah. It was a good night to be fair. We didn't really do a lot. We stayed at the club and and celebrated. And then I think we ended up going into Gunwharf. But um, yeah, it was all a bit of a whirlwind to be fair at the time. Like um. It had been a long season, but yeah, in the end, um, yeah, we were all buzzing, and and like you say, you're more happy for your mates because you, you, they felt like it felt like I was playing with my mates. Like we had a good, real good team that year, and um, yeah, we were all buzzing. To be fair, well, I think as soon as the game pretty much ended, I think all the fans came and lifted you up. I think it was you yeah. and Pryor that they lifted up. Surely yeah. this must have been surreal, and I, I think. Was it BT Sport as well? BT Sport were filming the game, I believe. Um, BT might have been there. To be fair, I'm not sure. They um, obviously there was a few few platforms there, like a few non-league football yeah. stuff. And um, but yeah, to be fair, I was just soaking it all up. Um, yeah, it was just a great feeling. Like and and our, when we won the league the first season, it was away, so it was nice to to do it at home and, yeah. and have a. Yeah there like in front of your own fans and yeah it was good like it was yeah it was one of the best days I've had in football and then I think when we did I'm not sure if it was the same day actually I'm pretty sure it was the same day but each yeah. player they got like a little announcement so you would come out yeah. and then you, they're all the fans surely this must have been a magical moment for you yeah it was cool yeah like you say you just um yeah it wasn't um yeah it's nice but I didn't really I did, you know, the personal stuff's nice, but I, I was more happy, like as a team and and everyone that was involved, that we won it. To be honest, um, anything that went after that was just, yeah, you get your medal and stuff, but yeah, you're just buzzing that you won the league. Really, it, it wasn't about anything else. So, looking back at this time, would you say this has been kind of the highlight of your career? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, without a doubt, um, winning those back-to-back promotions. Um, and I remember James Hayter said, and it's it's so true. You know, like he's won loads in his career. He's won, you know, f- you know, he's been promoted to the championship and um, loads of football leagues. And he kind of said that as you get older, you realise that these th- those days don't happen often. And it's so true. You know, you got to try and soak it up and enjoy it at the time because then, since then, you know. It's, that was probably what would it be now, probably five six years ago now. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, not come close since. So yeah, you do kind of appreciate that those days don't come round often. So you got to soak it all up and enjoy it. And then I think it was after this season you left Haven, and then you joined Gosport again. Yeah, so I went back to Gosport. Actually, um, player that I played with, Lee Molyneux, um, for my second spell at Haven. Um, he had left Haven and he got the job at Gosport and again it was like I felt like a boomerang like I've, I've been to Gosport Haven and then 
So again, it was one of those things that kind of just fell nicely at the time. Um, Gosport, uh, yeah, he had got the Gosport job and haven't had a new manager, which they still have now, kind of wanted to go in a different direction. Um, they kind of went more full-time as such. Um, and it, yeah, it all just kind of fell into place really. And um Again, going back there was pretty seamless. It, it was a place I'd been before, and um, yeah, I just enjoyed it again. Yeah. And then I think you spent a couple of seasons with Gosport, and you even won Player of the Season, Fans Player of the Season, I think. So surely this yeah. must have been nice as well—a bit of appreciation, but instead of a team appreciation, yeah. more for yourself. Yeah, yeah. So that was my first season back, and um, but obviously the previous season had the season with having in the conference so again it was a, it was a new experience for me even that you know playing playing that level and felt like um I was in a good place and and playing quite well and I kind of just carried that over um into my first season at Gosport and yeah like you say they are nice the individual ones and I know it's a bit cliche but I'd take winning leagues and and getting promotion over any personal kind of stuff, you know, yeah, it's nice. Like, you line sets, not, but I'd rather the team win than have individual stuff at the end. And also, I'm not sure if it was this season or the following, but then obviously COVID hit, and this had a massive impact yeah. on football completely. I think it must have been your second season, I believe. But yeah, so yeah. obviously no football. What was this like for you? Yeah, it was. It was just. I think it was just a weird time for everyone, wasn't yeah. it? You know, um, a lot of people had a lot of things that, you know, at the end of the day, football is important, but it's not the most important thing in the world, you know. Um, a lot of people were stopped from doing things far more important than football. Um, it obviously wasn't nice, but, um, yeah, it was just... It, there was kind of a com- not comfort, but you knew everybody was the same. You know, you knew mm. no one was playing football, um, and yeah, you kind of just it became the new norm almost, didn't it? You know, it, yeah. it was weird to start with, but everybody kind of adapted in the end. And I think now, like playing, I'm I'm older, and you know, might only do it for a few more years. So I think I just appreciate it a little bit more. You know, you have a couple of seasons where you don't really play. I think it was two seasons that. It was cut short with COVID, so yeah, you just got to kind of enjoy it for as long as you can. And then I know initially the first couple of games when we were starting to return, there were no fans. But after we did get fans back, how great was this? Yes, like I said earlier, and I, I said like when you grow up, you you want to play football in in front of as many people as you can. Like anything you do in life, I think you want people to watch and and appreciate it and. Yeah, it was. It's obviously a lot nicer when you play in front of fans as opposed to to playing with no atmosphere at all. And then, obviously, after you got spot, you joined Porchy, and then, like you said, that kind of came on the cards. Um, what made you kind of want to join Porchy? Because I know Gosport, they're obviously a league higher. So, do you kind of feel it was a drop down or like? Uh, yeah, not really. Like, you know, I've 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 kind of I'm at the stage of my career now where. Um, I've played probably the highest level I'll play um, and Porchester are a team that were obviously flying top of the league and um, like I said to the manager I almost kind of 
wanted to join and, and be part of this team this year, hopefully, to try and get promotion. And then again, you know, you feel like, I feel like Porchester, the way it's set up and the things it's doing now is is higher than the Wessex League. That's just my personal opinion. Um, and I think it's ready to, to go up a league and, and get promoted. And I looked kind of looked at that as well. And again, just wanted to go there and enjoy it. So, looking at Porchester, do you think promotion is on the cards this year? Um, yeah, definitely. You, if you're top of the table with the amount of games we have to go, I think it's like 14 games to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you know, at this stage of the season, the league table doesn't lie to anyone. You know, you're, you're where you're meant to be. So, um, yeah, definitely. Like, like I said before, the way the club's set up and... Um, you know, everything around the place is, is definitely set up to get promoted. That doesn't mean, like, you know, you're, you, that's just going to happen. You have to kind of earn it. But, yeah, definitely, definitely they can get promoted. So these are the goals for this year, but what are your ambitions for life after football, perhaps? So are you looking to go maybe to managerial route or coaching routes? Or... Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, it's kind of something I look at and I think I would enjoy. Um but I'm kind of one of those people that when I'm doing something at the moment, I kind of just concentrate on that yeah. as opposed to um, looking too far ahead. Um, I still think I can I can play for a good few more years at, at the moment. So um, it might be something I think about in a couple of years' time or a bit later on. But at the moment, I'm just concentrating on enjoying playing and playing for a lot, as long as I can. So reflecting over your career as well, what would be your number one highlight of your career? Um, yeah, definitely the back-to-back promotions, without a doubt. Um, yeah, promotions are the best thing about football. Like I said, no matter what level you play, and um, whether it's Sunday League or Premier League, like I said earlier, promotions are good. You, you know, that's what you play for. To you want to look back and 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 say you won things in your career, kind of thing. So, yeah, definitely the back-to-back promotions. Yeah. And do you have any final words for the podcast? Um, no, thanks for having me and hopefully um, I can do as well as I can for Porchester, for the team, for, for everyone at the club and hopefully, again, it'll be another promotion which would be nice and um, yeah, and that's the goal really. I just want to do as well as I can and if that helps the team then that's the best thing at the end of the day. Well, it's been great having you on, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been fantastic hearing your tales. Like, that haven't one, absolutely brilliant. I'm looking forward to meeting you in real life as well, mate. Yeah, no, thanks, mate. And thanks for the opportunity. And, yeah, like I say, if you're at home game, just come and grab me and we'll have a chat. Oh, cool, mate. So I'll see you, um, hopefully I'll see you at Bournemouth, I think. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I'll see you down there and hopefully we can go down there and bounce back and get three points Saturday. Yeah. Final words. Come on, Porchy. Come on, Porchy.